Before we get started with today's episode, we wanted to tell you about an exciting project we have been working really hard on. We have now launched the nail industry's first ever dedicated affirmation cards. An affirmation is a positive statement that helps you challenge and overcome self-sabotaging negative thoughts. Using affirmation cards have been proven to help boost productivity and performance at work. Picking an affirmation card will help set the right mood for the day ahead and allow you to manifest your goals into reality. Each deck contains 32 cards that have been inspired by conversations from the Beauty Edit podcast and addresses key challenges and barriers that all beauty professionals face. Simply follow the link in this podcast description or our Instagram bio to purchase. Welcome to the Beauty Edit podcast, a podcast solely dedicated to the nail and beauty industry. For our second Behind the Brand episode, we are joined by Nicola Elliott-Moss, the founder of the much-loved wellness brand Neom Organics. Nicola shares with us how the pressures of a previous demanding career as a journalist led her to create a solution to help relieve stress and anxiety. She shares stories from the early days, such as getting on the bus to the post office with orders, and tells us how Neom has grown to be a well-loved name 17 years later. Keep listening to hear some really interesting facts, such as where the name Neom came from and what is in store for the future of this amazing brand. If you fancy a little bit of self-care, Nicola also tells us her must-have Neom products right now. Hi Nicola! Hello, how are you doing? Hi, thank you for joining us on the Beauty Edit podcast. Well, thank you for asking me, I'm very flattered. Oh, we are. We're honoured. Yeah. Not flattered, honoured. <laughs> Absolutely honoured to have you. Mum were texting me last night saying, I am so excited for tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. <laughs> oh, nice to I hear. Am. I'm going to tell am. my kids that. I'm going to tell them they need to be saying things like that to me when they go to bed on an evening. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Open their eyes. <laughs> um, thank you so much, like I said, for joining us. Um We've got so, so many questions that we'd love to ask you. Um, So I think before we get started, would you mind giving our listeners just a little bit of an introduction into yourself, your background and how Neom was created? Sure. How long do you want me to take? Because I can do that in one minute or it might take me 10 minutes. Um, It's entirely up to you. We'll go the long. We'll go the long route. We like yeah. to know all the go ins the and scenic, outs. Go the scenic route. Well, you'll probably ask questions. I'm sure to sort of to to validate bits and pieces. But um, okay, so Neom's actually been going 17 years. Can you believe? Not such a baby yeah. brand. Yeah, it's quite a while. Um, and I actually, it's funny when I say that because I remember meeting Nikki Kinnaird, who started Space NK when we were about year seven or something and oh my I, gosh. you know the real oh those years were just such a slog and she said oh I think it takes 10 years to create a British brand and I remember I was sort of smiled at her and she walked off and I just thought I can't swear on the podcast can I but I was like <laughs> go for it she walked off I thought not a cat of hell's chance and um, and she was right, you know, she was totally right. I think you can fast forward in certain ways if you've got a lot of cash to spend. But ultimately, I think building a brand that really resonates and people trust and love and come back to, you can't fast forward that trust. So we are 17 years old. And actually, I was a journalist for 10 years before, which I loved, was brilliant, but was absolutely the start of Neon. Because even though I loved that career, it was what it was the time of which I'm going to say it was why I started with anxiety because I, I don't think I can blame it on that but it was the time of which I started suffering with anxiety and therefore blending essential oils so it was quite a excuse the pun organic um evolution really for, for the brand you know the idea of of starting something that could harness my passion for developing aromatherapeutic um products and also my own stress and anxiety and when I looked around at that time I remember absolutely thinking everyone seems to have a problem around me with either stress and anxiety or sleep or energy or lack of energy or you know mood imbalances which you know kind of seem to be the modern malaises that of our time and I think that's still very much the key now and I think when we talk about well-being 
I know it's such a hot topic now, which is lovely. It's brilliant, but it's still quite difficult to define beyond supplements and the gym. And so I think what we did quite well was be able to define it. And look, it's not a, you know, it's not a cast iron thing and it's very open to your own personal interpretation, but trying to get hold of it and give people some sort of um, framework for what to focus on, I suppose. Um, that was very much due to what I saw in my own friends and family. And so and my sister, I can't not say, was was really important at the time. She's working at Friends of the Earth. She works now for WWF, is an absolute staunch greenie. So very much the brand being built on, you know, 100% natural, organic where possible sort of um, principles and ingredients was absolutely because of her. You know, yeah. she was the one who turned my mind onto that. And back then, that I have to tell you now, this is such a buzzword, which again is is great. Uh, it, it, it's brilliant that people are moving more towards that, and the conversation is there. But I spent years driving around spas with this is not a joke with two carrots, like explaining <laughs> this is an organic carrot, this is an non-organic carrot, and what's the difference between the two? And no one knew any. It just wasn't something that we understood knew or actually cared about and I think yeah to that end we were kind of probably too ahead of our time so I'm jumping all over the place with how we started me but <laughs> that was kind of you know that the, the w- where the idea came from and um I started it eventually my business partner and I um a guy called Oliver Manel who was an old family friend and he worked in the city and could add up and I'm just awful at anything kind of mathematical <laughs> or operational or anything or technical and so we sort of decided we were a good pairing in that way and we we would we would start this brand and we, I mean we had nothing we had no money we had well we had five grand each I had a car that I'd got for my 21st birthday which was which was worth five thousand pounds so I sold that and oh he had goodness. some he had some money saved up and so we put that in and so um, how old was you when you started Neon 27 would be right yeah. I'm 43 now so that would be right 27 yeah And if people don't know who Oliver is, I would just tell him Shelby. Um, I've I've sort of said he's a bit like a dishy Prince Harry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would have gone the other way, actually. I mean, I can see the Prince Harry resemblance, but you know, I think he looks so Harry. Yeah, but Harry's better than Ollie, surely? No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's the red, the redness. Um, you know the colouring yeah he, he did he just reminds me of him <laughs> but yeah don't tell him don't tell That's him I said she either <laughs> no I definitely won't <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we did like obviously a little bit of research prior to this podcast as we do with most of them and one of the sort of like favourite bits about your story and your brand was the name and the concept behind yeah. the name if anyone hasn't picked up on Neom yet can you explain how the name came about please I'm really surprised you say that I always think it's a bit of a like a boring story it's just my initials and his initials but at the time it was so hard to trademark names and I liked the balance of it and I liked kind of the idea of a sort of new arm and um it sort of sat well but but it meant that we could yeah we could get trademark around the world because you know these days if you if you think of a, a name that's you know a, an existing word or or combination of words for a business then it's very difficult to get that um to, to get that ownership of it so so it was yes yeah, just our initials nothing nothing really more fancy than that I, yeah, I do I do I think it's so personal and unique yeah Aww. I think the name is so original yeah. but then on top of that it's a good job you add them initials or else it might not have worked <laughs> yeah. um, what it would wouldn't have worked the other way around would it I always tell him wouldn't have sounded as Om- good as Omni. Omnio <laughs> no, no. Um, I, had to, I had to be at the front yeah uh, what would ours be A-W-S-H well we could be Shaw like the deodorant Osh, no, it's not good, is it? No, no, don't work. Don't, don't have the same ring, does it? <laughs> um, yeah. So that is, I just love, I love that, and I bet so many listeners will not have picked up on that at all because unless they know either of you personally, I don't think they are going to pick up on that. No, I well, no. we didn't, did we? No, 
I mean, I think the difficulty really with it, and I suppose so many of your listeners are, are starting or developing new businesses, but, you know, you you miss sort of a, a really basic thing, obviously, is being able to tell people what you do and what's different about it. And I think, you know, that's been that's is a constant even 17 years in is sort of telling your story to people and if your name can do that in any way it's always worth kind of considering you know that uh, of course aside from the fact that you need to be able to get your trademark and, and own your website and all that kind of stuff um but you always think, I think, as a brand owner, that people know what you know. And actually, the reality is they probably know 1%, if you're lucky, mm-hmm. of what you know. You've got to be really hard on yourself where that's concerned. So I think, you know, the, the, the naming of a brand, actually, it's always worth thinking. If all you can get across on a shelf of products in John Lewis, for argument's sake, is your name there's no room for anything else and people are just walking past then that name's got to work quite hard so I do love the name Neom and and I you know obviously it's it's my initials and uh, I like the balance of it and all the rest of it but it's worth looking at the other side of it I think as a as a tip for people going forward and seeing if there's any way that that can work super hard in terms of telling your story yeah yeah Yeah. it is it is so important is branding 100 percent um so I know I'm sort of sort of going back a little bit and we were talking about aromatherapy so what did you do Nicola then so you was in journalism and then you saw all these people having these issues and you sort of came up with this sort of remedy to sort of address that so did you then go and train in aromatherapy or was that something you was already trained in no so I did an online course and it has to be said my skill if you like she's as she scrabbles around thinking what is it is really (laughs) is really you know understanding women I think and the consumer um so yes I did an online course um but I and 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 you know I was it was more about me testing and learning with my own life and my own friends so and I always think that's kind of probably been the greatest thing that I've that I've brought to Neon um because I was a I was a journalist I was actually a celebrity journalist I wasn't even a beauty journalist I mean I sat next to the beauty desk and was very interested in it but I worked in a magazine and and I did I did the celebrity covers but I think I did develop during those 10 years of being a journalist an understanding of what what women wanted and how to speak to them and I think that was a really really important skill that kind of has stayed with me um and and realistically my my passion was very much in aromatherapy and that was very much driven from you know, my own kind of needs. And, and and also I trained as a nutritionist at the same time, because I think, you know, when you're trying to deal with looking after your own, you know, well-being and your own mental health, I, I think that's another really important sort of aspect of that toolkit, if you like. Um, so I could have just as well, I, I always think at that time, I could have just as well gone and done something with regards to food or, or cookery, because I think that's that's a really important um, a really important driver for how how you can look yeah. after yourself. Um, so, but I remained in that place of, like I say, what really works for customers. And, and I think that's really, really vital because quite often, you know, when you look at a brand, people get too, too lost in the product. Um, and of course the product's got to work and the ingredients have got to be, you know, tip top. That's something that we're, we're really passionate about, but ultimately is it, does it fit into that moment in that woman's or man's but you know our, our core customer absolute kind of bullseye is is that you know juggling woman at home um and I think you know you've got to be able to understand what drives her and what pains her and what pushes her forward and what she wants and so my experience as I say was in was in magazines and, and I think I developed that skill very much there and and then sort of the more specific skill of the aromatherapy was then what I came to sort of second um and so and then my my sister's sort of input third and so I think that kind of amalgamation of of all those elements was what sort of has probably led to a very rounded success of Neon a brand that mm-hmm. kind of feels 
as much a community as a collection of projects if that makes yeah. sense yeah, he's yeah. definitely um, stood the test of time, isn't he, Om? I think yeah. everybody knows the name now, um, yeah. far and wide. Um, I know you mentioned, obviously, so you had that money and um, it was quite a, a little amount of money, really, yeah. especially now definitely. when we think about how much it can cost to start any business. Um, so what were them early days like? Oh, well, the, do you know the I was going to say horrendous, but, <laughs> <laughs> a bit horrendous, but actually I think the middle days are the hardest. If you sort of look at it beginning, middle, and then sort of, you know, the more when the brand kind of takes off. I think the early days you're quite powered by, you know, the excitement and uh, the newness and, you know, the hopes and dreams that you have. Um, I mean, look, on a practical level, there was many ridiculous moments. I had a two-bedroom flat and the second bedroom was what we were using as a warehouse, if you like, you know, stock. <laughs> and um, and we we always wanted to start with, I mean, we've got about 140 products now in the Neon portfolio, and we always wanted to start with a whole collection of them. And clearly we couldn't afford to, which is why we started with just four candles. Otherwise we, we would have we would have started with more. And the, the opportunity for candles, I think, were seemed really exciting at the time because no one was doing anything with natural candles. It was just purely paraffin based candles, yeah. of which still the majority of can- candles are made with. Um so we started with the with the four candles and there I am in this two bedroom flat of which the second one is uh, this sort of stockroom and I remember them all coming to my house and my husband he was there my boyfriend and Ollie and a friend of Dave my husband's Dom there was the three guys outside and they were like carrying the you know boxes and boxes down into the flat and I was like teetering around the outside bringing them pints of Ribena and stuff and thank you thank you and that was kind of a, a funny a funny moment and then Ollie and I had this sort of agreement that, um, you know, we'd set the website up and if the orders came through, they would come through during the day and we would usually be selling, you know, one, two or three products a day then. Um, but there was an agreement that if there was more than three products that were sold, then I was allowed to, from this pathetic pot of, you know, money for taxis get a black cab into work where I would then post them from the local post office but anything under that was deemed actually no you can struggle on on the bus Nicola (laughs) you're walking exactly so I'd be keeping my fingers crossed but you know a sort of four candle day and then if we got that that would be fantastic because yeah I could I could you know lord it up getting a black cab into work and then but they're heavy, you know, the neon candles, you know, they're like a kilogram each. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, sort of, you know, even threes, and you've got your... your other like a workout. Work yes, it was like a workout. <laughs> and I just thought, well, I've got bloody left with this. And he was like, you know, oh, there you go, that's your orders for the next day and stuff. But it was it was funny, and, and I, we, we, we sort of coined this phrase early on, and I think it sort of resonates now that we, we felt like we learned to walk up Mount Everest in flip-flops. I mean, we were so... <laughs> Yeah. And if so you can do unfair. that, you can do anything. Uh, honestly, I mean, ridiculous. The amount of uh, just, you know, will and determination. We were young, right? So I think there was pros and cons with that. Ollie's three years younger than me. So he's been uh, like 24 and I'm like 26, 27 when we're sort of thinking about this idea. And the, the downsides of that were we had we both had careers that we really didn't want to leave because we were enjoying them and we were doing really well at them and decent salaries for that age anyway but you know the, the pros were that we didn't have children and a, and a mortgage and and those kind of things to worry about so I think that was kind of that really helped us through was that just you know that young let's just do it and and jump and you'll find a net kind of attitude um so there was a lot of fun there was a lot of fights there was a lot of <laughs> things that we did wrong. I mean, ninety um, percent plus thing, m- more things we did wrong. Um, but don't you think that's part of being an entrepreneur, running a business? I don't think there's a school out there that can prepare you for these things. Yeah, totally. I mean, we didn't have. We had mentors in terms of my dad and Ollie's dad, who were best friends. Both um, ran um like car businesses but I mean a northern car business is hardly you know something you can compare and certainly has no 
understanding of of brand at all, which is the cru- yeah. which is the crucial part, obviously, um, and pro- product. So there was, but there was some there was some sort of disciplines and and mentoring there from a you know from a numbers and a and an, an operational side of things. But we didn't know, and we hadn't come from this industry, and we didn't know anyone who could really say to us hey this works this doesn't work and it's interesting now when I look back and I think oh just you know a few pointers that could have saved us years and I mean years so I I take what you say um and that was all the fun of it and stuff but sometimes I think oh you know some of those crazy things we could have well done without (laughs) part of the journey it's part of the journey yes exactly exactly so what made you, I know we spoke about um, Ollie and you being partners. Did you think straight off you had this idea and did you think you wanted to share that with somebody initially or was it just sort of half in the load and the responsibility? What made you go into a partnership? Um, so I think so many people, to your point there, go into a partnership because they they want to halve the load or they need someone to sort of spur them on and and I'm not saying that they're not valid reasons but I totally would always remind people or never remind would would encourage people to think about choosing a partner because they bring different skills to the party um the biggest issues I think with partnerships comes about maybe not in the first few months or even year when those skills overlap um and Ollie and I are very very different I knew that I you know couldn't add up couldn't really work a spreadsheet wasn't technically minded he didn't know the product or branding or the customer like and or or, or communicating to those women so we were very kind of set in our in our own skills and and I think knowing what you know and what you're good at is so important. But as important is also being honest with yourself about what you aren't so good at. Um, and that's not to say you couldn't fill it in. I'm sure, you know, we could have both risen up and learnt the other's functions for sure. But he's really, really good at those things. And I'm really good at my things. And we are really not great at each other's things. So, <laughs> <laughs> And that's what makes a perfect team. Yeah, I think so. And, and and it does worry me sometimes when you see people and it just is the natural thing, I think, to sort of almost think, oh, we'll do it together because, you know, two minds are better than one and, and we'll friend. share the load. Yeah. And I think the problem with that comes when, yeah, you're sort of, you know, three, four, five years in and you're disagreeing on things that you both think you know best on and also there's big gaps still in the business of of skills that neither of you have got so I still think you can get on in fact even better with someone that you've different to um but but I would always advocate that and I think that's that's absolutely what we've got so yeah people say to us quite often like obviously we've got a salon together um, and we do a lot of things together like the podcast for instance um and people say to us like how on earth do you get along you know like your mother and daughter you work together you know you then socialize together and everything else <laughs> together and yeah. it's quite unusual I think for a mother and daughter team to be as close and get along as well as we do definitely um, but even though we are so alike, we do have differences. Yeah, we do. I was just yeah. thinking that when Nicola was saying, like, I mean, I always say, like, um, I'm the creative one. So I think yeah. up the idea and then I give it to Shelby and she has to, she has to make, make it, it happen. Like, yeah, well, that's, yeah, the yeah. <laughs> that's the same with us. And I think, you know, you can kind of get around that a little bit by saying, all right, well, let's agree where the line in the sand is. But I think it, the problem becomes when it maybe just becomes all a bit, you know every man for himself sort of you know grabbing at ideas and well I think it should be pink well I think it should be blue you know that kind of thing you almost need to go look we probably could both do each other's jobs but let's agree that I'm probably best at one two and three and I will therefore take that and and you're best at you know four five and six and yeah that, I think that's probably an agreement that needs that needs making in a partnership relatively soon on yeah I know like we sort of laugh and sometimes if we're going round and round and round about you know something I'll I'm always the one that goes 
I'm making an executive decision and this is what yeah. we're doing. Or <laughs> I go, I go, scrap it. Yeah. <laughs> scrap it and start again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I know that. I know that feeling. Um, so you then, how long would you say it took you for Neom to really start building up momentum? Um, oh, well, that's a hard one because I suppose what do you define as momentum? And yeah. everyone always asks the, you know, when when was the sort of moment that you knew you'd made it or what was the moment when it sort of all, you know, it, you turn that corner and, and we, and I'm sure our story is not, you know, the same as everyone else, but we have absolutely built the brand brick by brick. There's not been a real kind of exploding moment where suddenly it all took off or suddenly the sales went from you know x to, to two times x it, it was slow and steady we didn't take on any finance we self-funded it that slowed us down an awful lot there's pros and cons for that obviously you know we we still a majority shareholders and, and and make all the decisions even now but you know if you don't take that cash early on and you don't get that investment then then obviously um, you have to go slower. That's just the fact of the matter. So we, we did build it pretty slowly. Um, I think there's little moments where you think, oh, wow, this is kind of, this is interesting or this has got legs when you sort of get maybe listed in a particular stockist or when sales come through particularly good in that stockist or or obviously bits and pieces of press, et cetera. There's little moments but I do think um, the time, as we said at the beginning, it's it takes a while to really build that trust. I think that there's an opportunity now with the internet, obviously, to launch something and be an overnight success, for sure. Yeah, but the power of social that, media. Yeah, but to retain that and make sure that, that that stays in people's minds and hearts for beyond the initial, you know, hurrah, that's a much harder thing to do. And so I think we the benefit of us building it sort of slow and steady meant that we now are trusted and respected by people. And I, I look on our socials and the commentary every day and I look at different competitors and I always think our comments and our the interactions that we have with our customer are so much more positive than anyone else's. And I think, you know, that's the customer service down to the product, down to the, um, you know, if they've had some kind of issue that's been resolved, down to, you know, I bought six products ago and I'm still fine. It's they're really kind of quite um, deeply knitted connections that we have. And so yeah. I think that's about caring. I think that's probably about us being involved very much as owners. Um and you know not trying to just kind of make a quick buck in an overnight sort of success story i think it's i think it's all of those things um and still you know the, the team will go mad with me for changing my mind on things regularly that will definitely be there <laughs> number one gripe with me or you know i'll sometimes not very often but i'll sometimes oh that campaign's just icking with me or it's just oh, is this not right and i know that drives everyone mad but that's the difference between me thinking oh that's good enough or thinking if it's not amazing and it doesn't give me goosebumps, then I won't launch it. Um, So I think that's what's very different about, you know, not just me, but our whole team having that filter on the brand. Do you think with what you've said, like with Steady, growing the brand Steady, it's it's been organic and genuine Mm -hmm. um, and, and you can see that quite clearly? um so I think there is a lot to be said about just growing it steadily it's a bit like that tortoise and the hare yeah. sort of analogy isn't it yeah. like you know maybe Definitely. sometimes the, the long the long road is, yes you know I mean there's pros and cons there's pros and cons it's like you know the guy that you met and got engaged to three months later versus the guy you went out with for 10 years who says who's going to be like happiest at the end and and mm-hmm. which story's gonna I mean like it's horses for courses right but I definitely yeah. think there are some there are some pros and cons that you can pretty much apply to 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 those when you're considering growing a business and the way that you want to go with it um I never would have wanted 
to have to be working for someone else in you know that was a big appeal to me starting Neon was being able to be master kind of of my own destiny and my own ideas and so I think had we have took that funding early on and and probably grown it quicker there would have been a a lot of pros to that of course I couldn't absolutely see that and by the way I'm sort of 50 50 on it so I don't think I'm massively advocating one thing versus the other but I could but for me having then having to work essentially for a board of of people um wouldn't have been something that I really wanted to do um so again I think you've got to really ask yourself what do you want out of working for yourself and building a brand or a business you know what's it about what's the parts of it that really are non-negotiables or or the parts of it that really excite you and then sort of try to retrofit whether that's about getting some investment and working with someone or not you know yeah what was your plan so you had these four initial candles and you had a website you just mentioned but what was your plan to really spread the word of neom and get it out there because I mean back then we didn't have social media like what we do now you can't just spread the word to millions of people by maybe using influencers or doing an advert um so what was your plan to get it out there um so my plan was PR I mean just classic PR I mean we were reading magazines then and I'd come from magazines so I understood what good looked like in the world of PR and I think that was something that was a big string to my bow when we started this and I said to you I really understood the consumer but I also understood how we would pitch um projects and stories and what you know as a journalist having you know 20 um press releases on a desk every day I understood the ones that would just get thrown in the bin and those that people would be interested in so I did have that knowledge and I prioritized that and actually we did a lot of that in-house you know early on because the big big PR agencies were so expensive to work with um and so we just we would we would ring and talk to journalists and and send them products and prioritizing sending those products out became quite important for us. And I suppose if you look at the balance of where we spent that money in those early days, sending products out and, you know, spending time to ring and talk to the press was probably inordinately more than another brand would have, would have placed on it. But again, because I'd come from that world, I, I respected it and I, I knew how important that that was. Um, so that's how, that's how we got it out. Um, uh, like you say, social media wasn't it wasn't around at all. No. And then I remember I first came across Neom. I don't know if you're the same mum, but there's like a really nice farm shop near where we live, and it's, it's not got, there anymore. No, it's not actually. Is it? The no. farm shop is, but the farm shop used to have a gift shop within it. Um, and that's when we first, all right, that's what I remember first coming across. Yeah, Neom. I think me too. So Nicola, it was called. Um, the owner was called Karen and she owned um, the gift house at Blacker Hall Farm. Yes. Yes. So that's I where we that. first, yeah, that's where we first ever came across your products. Ah. Um, yeah. I think that was my first neon product I ever bought. Yeah. Oh, I bet it was. That was nice. Nice place, wasn't it? Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, my husband's uh, from Huddersfield, so I kind of oh, yeah. been around. Where are you guys based? Um, we're in Wakefield in Yorkshire. Yeah, so you're you yeah, Not kind far. of in, in, yeah, like in between almost the next, almost like almost the next one down on the yeah. M62, exactly. really, aren't we? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I think that's the first place where 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 we ever came across it was in a gift shop. Because did am I right by thinking that is sort of one of the routes that you took was having your products in gift shops um, and some large sort of salons and spas. So um, we always we always believed and still do that a table with a hundred legs was the, you know the the sensible and safe way to build the business. Um, so we you know we were never about oh let's just get one you know really big stockist who you know can pull pull the table from our you know from from under our feet at any point. We, we never wanted to do that. Um, and that principle still applies very much, but clearly the business grows and, you know, there's ways that you try and uniform it. So everyone kind of is is talking 
the same language, presenting the brand in the same way, you know, selling the same kind of hero products so that the message is a unified message. So that, you know, that evolves for sure. But, um, you know, independent stockists is still, you know, still a really important part of our business. Yeah. Do you still work with um, a lot of our listeners are like salon owners? And I know this is something that they'll be desperate to know. Do you still work with sort of salon owners to stock, say, your candles, for example? We do. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, the independence is still is still an important part of our business. I mean, as the time's gone on, it becomes more important that we all work in a uniform way. So ordering, for example, used to be done on, I don't know, like a post-it note fax through or something. And, and <laughs> in those early days, again, we, you know, we, we, we could accommodate that and we can't now. So there's some people who still want to work in a in a way that, you know, as the brand's grown, you think, well, we have to sort of automate things or yeah. we have to work in a way that that works for the for the majority and not for the few. Um, but yeah, it's still a big part of our of our business and we still have, you know, girls who specifically look after independent salons spas it's hugely important because I think that's one of the best ways that people can experience the brand and and tell the story you know those those independent salon and spa owners are such passionate knowledgeable people that you know you're going to get a lot better neon experience explanation from that person then you know you might do someone who is working part-time in a store in another country who hasn't understood the neom experience like yeah you know, definitely yeah. um so that's that's always something that's kind of you know you really want to harness if you can yeah do you have like a criteria of things that um stockists have got to meet in order to become a neom stockist yes we do yeah we do i mean we have a we have a part on our website where if you want to become a stockist you have to go and you have to fill in um you know all of that kind of criteria and it doesn't change too much but clearly what's difficult as well is the geographies you can't over stock the product because that kind of you know makes it less exclusive and that doesn't work for anyone so you've got to make sure that you're working with people and that teamwork is is best in a certain area um and you know we quite often have people coming and saying oh we want to come on board in another town and you're like well we've had the stockies that we've had there for you know 10 years or more so yeah yeah that, that relationship is is important to us but then you know sometimes you have people who again will insist on still you know sending a fax through on a on a on a post-it note and don't want to get involved in in anything other than two candle lines and and you know you have to sometimes say that I completely get that's your mandate that's your way of running your business huge respect to that but we we can't work in that way so it it's become more of a team effort and that's with the big players as much as the independent as the independent players you have to have joint plans I suppose and joint ways of looking at things and for the most part that works you know sometimes it doesn't but um that's that's how it's definitely evolved so the running of the joint business for everyone is is sort of slicker and easier to easier for everyone to handle yeah so sort of keeping on the same sort of topic thing um so I know we've spoken about like independence and obviously as time moves and your business grows, you have to put things in place to make it run smoother. Um, so how would you say like Neom has adapted and grown and changed over the years, over the 17 years since you started? Well, I think probably the main thing is the benefit of over that time, knowing what good looks like. So, you know, we've done lots of sort of um, joint initiatives with stockists that have worked and those that haven't worked. And when you sort of really get to feel what works well for the market, for you as a brand, for the independents, you start realising, you know, the things that really are non-negotiable in terms of having a decent commercial business. Um and and then you can sort of, you know, say, well, it's very important, for example, for us as a brand to always talk about the four well-being needs states, uh, to always talk about, you know, the hero products. 
um, to not necessarily have such a pick and mix kind of approach because that doesn't help with stock um, to make sure that the ordering is more automated. So everyone cuts down not only time, but more importantly, errors. Uh, so, so that's all kind of very visible. So I think knowing what good looks like and the benefit of being able to say, you know, if someone said to me, well, why can I not, uh, you know, just stock, I don't know, three bath oils. I now know that I could say, well, that's because, you know, we respect that you, we can't sell Neom in, uh, you know, the 10 stores around you. We have to pick one and go with one, but you also have to represent us in the best possible way in that yeah. area. So, so again, that's one of maybe a hundred little insights that we have the benefit of knowing um, through sort of, you know, being around the last 17 years. Um, and ultimately, you know, we join in the same, we join in the same kind of goals and, and hopes. I think with pretty much every mm-hmm. every independent or, or or bigger store, you know, ultimately we both want commercial gain, and we both want to protect a brand. You know, through yeah. doing that, you know, your independent spa or salon that you want to serve the best products, you know, keep your customers the happiest. And give them something that's exciting yet, you know, works and 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 is is lovely and trustworthy. And you've got other bits and pieces that you need to be able to serve up, gifting, et cetera, et cetera. And and we're the same. So it's very rare that that we are disaligned on what that is from a macro point of view. We're, we're pretty much always on the same page. Um, so I, I think that and then being able to say if somebody says no but I just want the three battles and we say well that doesn't really work because we've got the data to prove that xyz and then I think you've also got to sometimes see when it works and when it doesn't work is not always that someone has done something wrong you know it might just be that that's not the right fit you might only want to have a salon that smells that sells things that smell of rose and the right yeah. do you know what I mean uh, who am yeah. I to say that's wrong that that's that's your brand that's your USP and you go for that that's fantastic but that then probably wouldn't be a neon match because we talk about well-being and we have many different fragrances yeah. and we believe that if someone's coming for a sleep issue for example they should be able to also um shop stress energy and mood because those well-being needs are interlinked so we would then at that point go, well, you've got a very different USP, so have we, but, you know, big respect and we're probably not the right match. So it's not always a good thing or a bad thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not binary. Um, yeah. I think you've got to, as, a, as, as, a, as an independent, know what your own sort of brand proposition is and where you are prepared to bend and where you're not and which of the brands fit with you and which don't. And there's no right and wrong to that, you know? Yeah. yeah. What would you say has been some of your biggest challenges then over the 17 years? Oh, so many. I mean, in no particular order. (laughs) I mean, how long's the podcast? Wow. Um, People is always the hardest one. Always the hardest one. And in so many different ways, um, you know, finding people that fit with the brand, just like we were sort of talking about with the stockist. Finding people who want to work in a high growth brand, you know, for a well-being brand, there's a lot of pressure where that's concerned. It's hard. Um, I think finding people that are culture fit, um, finding people that are knowledge fit, finding people that, you know, have an entrepreneurial flair that fits with a, you know, a, a much smaller business, but also have systems process and brand knowledge that fits with a larger business you know they're very different people again one's not good or bad they're just different so people um people challenges come in many different sort of shapes and and guises Um, yeah a lot of stuff you know you have to do it wrong to, to to show to prove to yourself what's right and what's wrong um a bit like you you said in the beginning you know just sort of you you have to sort of go down those dead ends to figure out that they're dead ends yeah Um, so and people can be tricky (laughs) oh people can be of course they can be and I think tricky you know you've got to strike a balance between you know as a woman I, I find still you know I'm I'm tough and I'm pretty blunt and I've got a lot of energy and I'm quite forceful and that 
you know, can be absolutely seen as, you know, from a negative point of view, as much as it can be seen as an inspiring go-getting point of view. And I still think as women, we struggle with um, those personality traits being seen as, um, you know, um, really quite um, positive. Yeah. In a way that we might do in men. Uh, you know, typically you'd say, wow, he knows what he's doing or, you know, he's strong, but God, he gets the job done or, or whatever in a way that you might say about, oh, well, well, she's a bitch. <laughs> I don't think anybody would think that. Well, you know, I, I, I beg to differ. I beg to differ. But, you know, hey, ho, and you've got to strike the balance between thinking, well, what kind of a boss do you want to be? Do you yeah. want to be someone who is the best achiever in the world but with no care for anyone's uh, you know thoughts and opinions mm. do you want to be someone who is a decent person do you, do you want to be someone who uh, you know is 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 hugely respected caring can you can you balance all of that stuff there's a lot of questions you have to ask yourself as a as a business owner and i'm, I'm sure everyone who's listening gets that, that and 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 you know people who work for you need expect want deserve praise and and um and encouragement yet you don't you don't get that very often as a business owner and and not that you always need it, but sometimes you think, oh, God, am I, am I doing that right? You know, you question yourself. So there's a lot that that's a big challenge, I think, um, for anyone who who has their own has their own business. It can be quite lonely in some ways. Yeah. Moving on from the challenges on a more positive <laughs> note, what about your sort of like career highlights then? Well, do you know what? It's funny because we were saying before, weren't we? I think like you would think oh it was getting into selfridges or hitting a particular milestone in terms of figures but you know I obviously know how many neon products leave the warehouse and yet when I see them in someone's house that I don't necessarily know and I might drop the kids off at a play date or something they're always the little highs because you're like oh people actually buy neon and I know that sounds ridiculous <laughs> but to me it's still like my little brand that I'm you know taking the taxi to work to sell three candles and so it, it we moved house two years ago and when I was on right move you know every once in a while me and my husband would go oh, they've got neon in the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> Like, zooming in <laughs> exactly you get kind of get these little windows. so it's the funny things like that really I think you know the everyday things but I mean on a really lovely level it's when it's the testimonials that you get when people write to you and you've really helped them with something yeah. you know I got a little boy a, a mum last couple of weeks ago whose son has autism and you know wasn't sleeping well and she brought in the pillow mist and then subsequently the sleep collection and he's sleeping so much better and he now uses that routine religiously on an evening and she was so grateful and you know women who come into the stores who were last when the stores were open and I was in the lead store and a woman came in she burst into tears and said you know she'd she'd split with her husband and She'd come in and done the scent discovery test in the lead store and she bought some of the de-stress products and they were really helping her and was the one thing that she looked forward to on an evening when she was really stressed out and she could create this kind of calm zone. And, you know, those real heartfelt, yeah. lovely, oh, my God, we've we've been a little part in 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 helping someone create that well-being toolkit for themselves. And that's they're the really special things, of course. Yeah. I'd be in floods of tears all the time, me, Nicola. I'm so soft, <laughs> honestly. I'd be roaring all the time. <laughs> and Shelby's like the ice queen. She'd be like, get a grip. <laughs> it's brilliant when you speak to the customers in the stores. I mean, that's yeah. the shame with the bricks and mortar and the COVID, you know. That's the real heart of that experience is doing that scent discovery. And if people come in and I'm just having a sniff and we go, oh, have you done the scent discovery test? No, 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 it's that. We did this little yeah. stuff we test and we can find out. Oh, I just know what my I just don't sleep. And then you sort of 
find out actually they've got no energy and and they, they you know that they're not doing anything outside and and actually if you can work on an energizing program in turn that helps them sleep and just kind of cracks open it's, these big stories and these big opportunities yeah. yeah there is more there is more to it isn't there you know like like going back to like the nutrition side of things and getting everything balanced well-being toolkit and uh, that's why the content team at neom you know we have a big content team and we constantly are producing books and information and everything from you know the instagram lives and the well-being edit that we do and and all the well-being festivals are because we've we took a really responsible subject here, right? It would be irresponsible of me to just go, oh, there's the silver bullet. Wellbeing is yeah. such a big topic and you have to create your own wellbeing toolkit. And can Neon be part of that? Oh my God, yes. An amazing part that you enjoy and sets you up on that wellbeing journey. But you have to also, you know, take care of, of all the other elements. And so we find that that's a very important part of our of our mission, really. Yeah. I mean, We've not touched on it yet, but obviously you've got um, your podcast as well, um, the No BS Guide to Wellbeing. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's that's an amazing tool as well. I know even this morning somebody's mentioned your podcast to us this morning, saying oh, that they've good. tuned in and it's fab. Um, my question is: Is it going to be a series two? There needs to be, but when I can get myself down to a recording studio, and I'm so awful, you know, I couldn't even get onto this podcast. I'm so terrible at technology. I'm just very nervous of doing something from home. I mean, I really am useless. So yes, there will be, but it's sort of when I can get myself out of Yorkshire to, to sit at a desk with someone. Um, yes, there will be. There will be. Brilliant. I'm sure I'll, that's going to make quite a lot of people really happy when they listen to this. Oh, good. Um, but yeah, talking about coming out of Yorkshire, um, I just wanted to obviously touch on the pandemic and how has that affected you as a business and but also you personally, because I know at the moment for us, obviously being in the nail and beauty industry, this is our, for you as well in retail and leisure, we closed again for the third time. Um, and we're hearing so many times from like beauty therapists and nail technicians yeah. that they're in such a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, you know, sure. one day really positive. You know, they're coming on Instagram doing some workshops, and then other days can't even get out of the pajamas. Oh, completely. Um, I mean, listen, I just gonna send all my love and support and you know positive vibes to to everyone in that position. I mean. We've been luckily, you know, quite um, okay from a business point of view because we have an awful lot of of online sales. But I know that feeling. In fact, it's funny. I really hit a bit of a lull the last couple of days. I've been really fine. Mm. Just to tell you personally, really fine and quite upbeat. The first lockdown, I think, like everyone else, it was a novelty. I was going to London every week that was becoming too much and suddenly there's a stop to that you could stay at home spend a bit more time with the children in the sunshine in the garden being northerners obviously you know we're lucky a lot of us have more or there is more outdoor space that we can access than, than my friends in London so it felt like the pros personally almost outweighed the cons um yeah. and, and as I say certainly that novelty factor was there lockdown two was a bit oh here we go um, again but the lockdown three, this one, I know we all knew it was going to be really tough. But I think February for me is a worse month than January. January, I, I quite like the lull after the madness of Christmas. Yeah. I find Christmas quite hardcore. You know, I'm at that age where you're buying, you know, 55 presents for the family. and <laughs> You know, all that kind of stuff. So I quite, I don't mind January and the, the antidote to that. But February in lockdown, not having a roadmap out of here. You know, yeah. aside from things like, yeah, my nails and my hair haven't been done. It's not. Oh, my, you know, my roots are literally down to my oh, ears already again. Man. I keep so, I keep saying to my hair, just like, oh, my gosh, what am I actually going to do? I'm getting too embarrassed to go for a wax when all this is over. I mean, how <laughs> It's just going to be awful. I, it's, I, I put a packet mat mix on the greys because my daughter said, oh, you've got now grey, black and yellow hair, mum. I was like, well, thanks. Oh, <laughs> nice. 
So I've done that. You know, the hairdresser that I have will be will not be happy with that. My nails obviously are terrible. Look, it's on a personal level. I found this one definitely the hardest. Mm. Um, professional, we've been very lucky that what we sell, obviously, well-being is needed more than ever before, and yeah. people are looking after themselves and themselves in their homes. So you know, from that, we definitely went through a period of a couple of months where I thought, my God, will we survive right at the beginning? We ended up having a really, really great, prosperous year, and this year started off in a good way. So that's all really, really good. But there's something quite depressing about it all going well at work and you still being a bit down because what does it mean? You can't see your friends and yeah, go for a cup of tea and. You know, it's just such turmoil wherever, you, whoever you are and whatever your own personal situation is. Mm. And I think also you you almost feel, this is me personally speaking here, but you almost feel guilty saying that things have gone well. Yes. Do you know? Yes. I don't know. It's like with us, we started the podcast in lockdown one because obviously we had a salon, we were closed. Yeah. Me and Shelby are not the type of people to sit and watch Netflix all day every day we were going for walks like you say the weather was beautiful we were blessed with the sunshine and but you know two weeks in after that initial panic of oh my god what we're going to do for money how we're going to pay mortgages exactly um, we were then like well we're gonna have to we're gonna have to keep busy somehow what we're gonna do yeah you Um, have to pivot don't you you have to pivot (laughs) with projects you know we did with products we did with the stockists that we work with we did with so many other elements but I'm with you on that guilt thing because I think, you know, I, I feel guilty that, again, we live in Yorkshire and we've got a garden and I've got friends who are single parents in London and haven't got any space outside. But sometimes that makes you feel worse, right? Mm. I mean, you know, to say, well, I'm better in a better position than most, yet you still feel down. Then that makes you feel even more down yeah. because you feel guilty. So that then is the thing. that I just think we've got to be, we've got to be, take the little moments and make them as good as we can. I mean, I never do Valentine's Day, right? I just find it like so cheesy. (laughs) We're going to do a Valentine's Day thing because what else have we got to do? I actually said to my boyfriend yesterday, shall we go and do a Marks and Spencers? You know, like, is it (laughs) two for £10? Exactly. Something's better than nothing. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm going out for a walk today. And again, that's really not something that would usually excite me in any way. But if you don't do that, I think you can get really, you can really sort of spiral down quite quickly. Like you say, I can't sit watching Netflix. Yeah, absolutely. I've just thought what might be a really good idea is if anyone's listening who maybe wants to invest into some neon products maybe you know lift up the spirits a little bit during lockdown can you share some of your sort of like absolute must-have hero products with our listeners please yeah I will so I think the with neon it's really interesting that what I really recommend one month is very different to the next month because it obviously very much depends on sort of what I'm feeling and time of the year and time of the month even all that kind of stuff but right now um I light a real luxury candle almost every night because kind of creating that calm zone in in the family sort of living room not just for me but for everyone seems to sort of really signify a different part of the day and I suppose really celebrate that kind of cozy night in as opposed to making it another oh blah um I've always had pretty good sleep but I suffered with poor sleep during this lockdown and I think that that's something to do with if you don't get outside or if I'm not busy enough then I'm not tired enough on an evening so I'm yeah you out. felt like burn off your energy yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I am working out more and I definitely think that makes a big difference and getting outside, having the fresh air. But I definitely find I've now got the time and I also need a decent sleep routine. So I love um, I love having a bath on an evening. I, I pretty much always do, but I definitely always got time for it. And again, that seems like a joyous moment. Yeah. Now. So um, I love the perfect night's sleep, um, bath oil and sometimes foam together and then magnesium body butter I think is really important magnesium such an important mineral for like you know so many different functions mental and physical within the body um and so 
I making sure that I use that every day. I think that helps with stress. I think that helps with sleep. I think that helps with mood. So I think that's an I wouldn't go through a day whether I have a whether I use it in the morning or in the evening. I, I would always use the magnesium body butter. Um, pods a bit in overdrive in the office because it makes <laughs> it makes the, the you know the office feel yeah. a bit more of a nice space. And again, this morning I told you I've done three meetings already today. So I had the Focus the Mind oil going this morning, which kind of works like a bit of a double macchiato sort of shot. So I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Um, so I think they're they're my absolute must-haves. I mean, on, on a on a on a fa- facial level, the one that if I run out of, I really freak out is the Perfect Night Sleep uh, Cleansing Balm and Oil. Oh, I need to try them. Yeah, they're really really good. Do you know, I know with neon when I've really cracked something, when if I run out of it, I would, you know, I, I, I really freak out. I'm like, oh, my God, go through the back of the cupboard because I haven't got any of it in. Um, so, um, yeah. While we're talking about products, can I mention your body scrubs, please? Oh, they're coming back in. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like a daily thing. Somebody's, where's the body scrubs? Where's the body scrubs? Is everybody hounding you? Yes, they are. And quite <laughs> rightly so, actually, because I'm hounding the operations team. Um, l- literally a packaging mishap with that. Nothing more than that, I'm afraid. So, yeah, we need to sort that out. But they will be in very shortly. Oh, exciting. Can I put forward <laughs> a suggestion for a product, please? Go for it. <laughs> um, a hand scrub. Hand oh, scrubs. That's hand nice. scrubs are so so big within the nail industry at the moment. Really? It's a massive trend. Yeah, thank yeah. you. You have to check out Harriet Westmoreland for this. Oh, she is the absolute scrub queen. Yeah, she, scrub life. She's really introduced it and excelled it in the yeah. nail industry for like starting to incorporate um hand scrubs after like a gel manicure or a normal manicure even like it like and it. it is booming yeah. scrubs are booming right now and they are. everyone is much, after girls. one <laughs> yeah but can we have it in oil but an oil an oil <laughs> and a salt yes that's a that's a very good idea very good i actually find again i said people around i'm 43 do you know when you just look at your hands and go oh they're on the turn they are they yeah. need. They no. definitely need more. I mean, I use a a, a neon um, hand cream, but I think that's a very good idea. Thank you. Yeah, please, please, we need it. <laughs> <laughs> Desperately need it. Right, want it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. one final, final thing, and then I promise we will let you go. Is can you tell us sort of any plans or goals for the future of Neon? Our new products? Um, well, so many new products, but they'll kill me if I tell you the new products, obviously. Although, every time I look at the year ahead and then the year after that, I'm like, oh, I'll just fast forward now to 2022 because <laughs> I love that stuff that's coming out. So, loads and loads of new products. Um, well, we are we launched in America last year, and that's going really quite well. So we've got a, we've got a, we've got a quite a big focus on 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 working in America. That's all very exciting. And then on the home front, yeah, more um, more product development. Um, we've got a hero product coming out for the face, which we've been working on for a long time, which will be very exciting later on. Um, we're doing quite a lot with hand sanitizers this just a few we've got more we just launched last week um a spray hand sanitizer which was meant to be like the most luxurious hand sanitizer um and look you know you don't need a luxurious hand sanitizer of course we've got sort of slightly cheaper ones but you do to have something lovely it becomes so drying and this is made like a prebiotic which also is really um nice and moisturizing on your hands and smells lovely and obviously kills germs so that's a really nice category that we're we're developing more fragrances in, um, and yeah, there's some more stuff coming in pod which I can't talk about, but you know, <laughs> we have to try, don't we? Yeah, we have to try and sort of squeeze it out of you somehow. <laughs> exactly. Well, good, good trying, girls. Good trying. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, there's still loads more that I'd love to chat to you about, but 
uh, we've had you for more than an hour now so well I um, appreciate you asking me on it's very very kind of you and listen just a big love out to all your listeners and everyone who's working in the independence I know it's a really really tough time but my god you are going to be busy as soon as we are opened up because I am like block booking in for absolutely everything <laughs> doing I think there's going to be like such a boom in a beauty you know and salon and spa place as soon as we are allowed to go out because we've now we've now had the opportunity should I say of seeing ourselves with no roots with no yeah. nails with no waxing with no fake tanning and I don't think many of us like it no, no, we've seen ourselves at our worst. Exactly. And and heaviest. We'll be beating <laughs> those doors down. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I do think we all need that little bit of like just relaxation, a bit of self-care, yeah. you know, a bit of pampering. I think we're all looking forward to that side of things. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. That personal interaction as well. Well, thank you so much, Nicola, for joining us today on the Beauty Edit podcast. It's been an absolute delight. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please leave us a review and subscribe. We would love to connect with you on social media. You can follow us on Instagram at the Beauty Edit Podcast or join our Facebook group, the Beauty Edit Podcast Society. Thank you so much again and please do look out for another episode of the Beauty Edit Podcast.